It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic coming up in 30 seconds on Twitter at James Erpine and at Locked on Bengals. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app and wherever you get your podcast. Let's dive into it. I talked about it, uh, at least mentioned it to Joe and mentioned it to a bunch of you uh, here on the podcast. The fact that Bengals fans were getting robbed of a coaching search. Well... You might not be. Now Marvin Lewis is is out, and I can't believe I'm saying those words, but it is true. Got my instant reaction on the podcast yesterday. Let's dive into it. First off, I hope you had a happy New Year's, but uh, let's dive into it here because there's so much to talk about, and uh, let's welcome in Joe Goodberry to talk about it. He's on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. You can find his work in The Athletic. It's really good stuff. You should subscribe if you haven't, Joe what was uh, your first reaction when you saw the news that Marvin Lewis is no longer uh, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals? Probably like 99.9% of the fans, <laughs> I was completely shocked. You never thought that they would actually come. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it was deserving, obviously, that they parted ways. It, it, it should have happened three years ago. It, should, it could have happened any of the following years. Uh, Instead, it, it didn't, and we got to the point of almost believing it would never, ever happen, and then Marvin would decide on his own. I thought the Jay Glazer tweet um, following his release or, or departure um, was kind of illuminating that Marvin wanted to leave last year, and Mike Brown convinced him to stay, uh, basically saying, well, I'll give you a two-year deal, and, and you know we can if, if we got to decide to part ways after one year, we'll do that. And... Uh, I, that makes sense in, in, in hindsight, looking back at how last year played out and uh, how, you know, uh, that decision was made last January. But now uh, the excitement of looking for somebody new for the first time in my life, I really, you know, since I was 16 years old, I, I don't even remember the process or how it goes. You're such a young fan at that age. You, you really are just, you know, enjoying the games on Sunday. But, um, yeah, it's new territory, so it's fun, but it's scary at the same time. I'm, I'm mixed with a lot of emotions of, excitement and fear to 
um, appreciation of Marvin, but at the same time, um, ready to move on and, and roll the dice, whether that means you hit or miss on the next guy. I'm excited to try it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and let's, let's talk about that because I think you and I are on the same page and yet uh, on different parts of the page when it comes to this new head coaching search. At least we have different perspectives, which I think is good for the fans wondering who it will be. There's been plenty of names floated out there that the Bengals are going to interview from Darren Simmons, Hugh Jackson, obviously in-house candidates, Vance Joseph going to interview for the job. They requested interviews with Josh McDaniels. They requested interviews, uh, obviously, of New England uh, with Zach Taylor uh, of the Rams. Also, uh, one of the other uh, guys from the Rams, I forget his name. but Shane Walden, of, I think. Shane Walden, uh, so part of the uh, Sean McVay coaching tree. Um, your thoughts on the names you've seen thus far is it is it sufficient? Is it underwhelming? Uh, what are your feelings? And obviously, it's early in the process. There's eight head coaching vacancies, so there's a lot of competition out there. But your thoughts uh, on on what the Bengals have done so far? First, I expected the names of Vance Joseph, Hugh Jackson, Bill Lazor. I thought, um, and Darren Simmons. You know that made sense from a Bengals structure standpoint. Uh, I think we all. Uh, worst case scenario, envisioned one of those guys getting the job and, and, and saw it as a likely um, situation and a likely um, outcome to this to this whole thing. And then we always, I think everyone or most people agreed that a young, exciting coach from a successful program would be very enticing. And when you start to hear the names um, from the Rams organization and one guy's a a um, uh, is the quarterbacks coach. One guy's the passing game coordinator. That sounds great, but you you know you, and you look into their background, and there's nothing special really in there for either one of them. Uh, so that that makes you weary. But at the same time, I would have said the same um, for a lot of successful young coaches right now that are doing well in the league. And I'm sure we'll get into this more. But that's just my initial feelings on it. That. Um, we may not know who these who this guy is that they hire, and that's okay because I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything about Sean McVay or Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy or Sean McDermott, and they've all had instant and lasting and, and pretty good success so far um, to you know for for each of their franchises and and you know because what it takes to be a head coach largely isn't on display as a coordinator or quarterbacks coach or or passing game coordinator. Uh, the one that did surprise me was was. Um, Josh McDaniels, uh, he's a guy that I've always had interest in. And I loved the hiring when Denver did it. He was 32 years old at the time. I th- it was wild because he was young. Uh, and they gave him a lot of personnel control. He was, he was, he was able to draft the guys he wanted. And, and he got, um, who was it, Jay Cutler out of there. Uh, he drafted Tim Tebow. He got a lot of, out of Kyle Orton for that year. Uh, he, he inserted Tebow into the lineup and... You know, it didn't work, obviously. And I think when it doesn't work and when you are brash and bold in the way you are, and he's talked about how he wasn't prepared to make the, those personnel decisions at such a young age and have so much control and power. Um, but he has a lot of energy and a, and a lot of enthusiasm, and he is very confident. Uh, and he bounced around a couple times, and he, he left the Colts, um, you know, dry last year. I believe he accepted the job and then turned it down after speaking with the Patriots. So whatever happened there, it's kind of uh, funny because Bill Belichick also did that with the Giants, I believe. Uh, Jets. Oh, Jets. Okay. And um, so some fans, I think, are turned off by McDaniels. I don't want any retreads. I don't want 
the Mike Munchaks. I don't want the Chuck Paganos. I don't even want an Adam Gase uh, because history says those guys don't often succeed at their second stop. Uh, or they, if they do, it's like a 500 record. Uh, so you do have your Bill Belichicks, you do have your Pete Carrolls that have succeeded, just like you have your Tom Brady's in the sixth round. But those are more uh, exceptions than the rule. So there is some of that with with McDaniel's. But I think like Bel- Bill Belichick, having such a long gap in between and allowing that person to grow and maybe not giving him so much power back the next time, uh, you could get different results. And, and so that name intrigues me. I would like to hear more names. I went and looked back at 2003, and I believe they they requested and interviewed five guys total, two within the organization. Uh, Jim Anderson, running back coach. I can't remember who the linebacker coach was now. but uh, And then it, it was Tom Coughlin, uh, Mike Malarkey, and um, Marvin Lewis, obviously. And they interviewed those guys, and they fell, with, fell in love with Marvin, which – you know, as, as we've seen, went 16 years. So it went pretty quickly. And, and it, they, they announced them by the time the Senior Bowl came in, the third week of January. So we're in that process now. I would like to hear a couple more names as interviews start happening. They've interviewed guys. They, the reports are that Laser and Hugh Jackson, I'm, I'm running long. I'm sorry, James. But they interviewed these, these guys, in-house guys, are getting interviewed today, tomorrow, yesterday. And then Thursday comes along, and that's going to be uh, Vance Joseph. And they're going to move on after that to the – to the Rams guys on Friday, Saturday. So the process is moving now, and I would like to hear a couple more names, and uh, hopefully we do in the next 48 hours or so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who's named and everything like that. I'm James Arpin. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Um, Look, I think some of the names are almost mind-boggling to me, and and one is Zach Taylor, and I know he's connected to Sean McVay. And I know there are other teams interested. And I'm not going to be mad at the Bengals for interviewing anybody, right? You, you never you never blame a, an organization for turning over a, a stone and just interviewing someone. I don't care that they're interviewing Darren Simmons or Vance Joseph. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all that they're interviewing any of them. Interview everyone. You know, it's the first time you've had a, an open head coaching position since I was 11 years old, right? So why not? Um, here's my concern, though, is is someone like Zach Taylor – he couldn't last at the University of Cincinnati as offensive coordinator. Um, and we're talking about you know, American Athletic Conference football. And he coached in Miami a little bit. And now, obviously, Sean McVay loves him. And I get it. He's a young coach. And, and everyone, and, and this is my fear, when you see a Sean McVay, oh, he's young. And he comes up and he has success. Sure, Sean McVay has absolutely had success. And I'm not saying that he's, he isn't. And I'm not saying that shouldn't be the blueprint for a lot of these teams. But don't overthink it. Uh, I don't need to find the next young, good coach. I need to find the next good coach, the next borderline great coach. Uh, so I, I would, if I'm the Bengals, hiring someone that's established, that's proven, is fine. That doesn't mean Darren Simmons, unproven. right? It doesn't mean Hugh Jackson, certainly not proven that he can win in the NFL as a head coach. But it, it, does, it does mean that you don't have to go after young. And so many. So many fans, I think, are harping on young, young, young. No, I want good. I don't give a damn if you're 52, 61, 58. It doesn't matter to me. Are you going to coach for the next four to five years? Fine. This idea, and I'm I'm in Cleveland, and there are a lot of Browns fans that are like, oh, we can't go after Bruce Arians. He's only going to be around for four years. So what? 
Four, four years is plenty. I can't think about 10 years down the road. And I get you want to strike gold. I don't th- I don't know if Sean McVay is going to be in, in Los Angeles 10 years from now. I really don't. Who knows? And, and that's two years in when he's been very successful. So to me, the thing people keep harping on is young. There's no age limit. There's no age restriction. I don't care if you're 50, 30, or, or 60. The one that I think that the Bengals think is the best head coaching candidate that can deliver wins now and in the future should be the guy, girl, alien. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't care about ages, I guess, uh, a short or long story short, Joe. What, uh, what are your thoughts on, on my comments? I don't think young means age. I think young means young-minded and forward-thinking for what the NFL is and going to be. Uh, as we saw with Marvin, it's, Marvin could coach another 10 years, but he definitely wasn't young-minded. He definitely wasn't um, playing the same ball as these other teams are that, that continuously continue to embarrass them um, out, out there on, and, on, on the big stage. And uh, as you see, when you watch the Rams and you watch the Eagles and you watch the Bears and you watch these teams that may not age-wise have – have young coaches or do have young coaches in terms of like Sean McVay, but they are the cutting edge of football and NFL football. And that's what I want. I don't care if the guy's 50, if he's willing to do what it's, what it takes to, to run this offense. You can be urban Meyer. And I think he's going to run cutting edge football. So I don't care what the age is. I want them to be young though. I want them to be forward NFL football to get the best out of a lot of these guys that they've drafted recently that I don't feel are playing up to their potential because of it, because uh, the game, the scheme has been outdated because how they built the team has been outdated for a while. And uh, I, so I think that's what that means. And uh, you may disagree on that, but that's, that's what I want. No. And that's fair. And I'm fine with that. That's absolutely. Look, you have to be with the times. As a coach, you have to evolve with the times. As a player, you have to evolve. Tom Brady is not the same player now that he was 15 years ago. He's evolved. He's different. The Patriots offense is different. It evolves. Um, So Bill Belichick is, you could say, forward-thinking, young-minded. I'm totally all right with that. Uh, I just don't want to fall in love with this idea that there's an age restriction. Because honestly... This idea that the the head coach should be like your age. How old are you? I'm 27. I'll you be know, 32 the, next weekend. Yeah, correct. The head coach doesn't have to be 32 to lead the Bengals anywhere. And Sean McVay might win a Super Bowl this year. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't want a playoff game? What if the Rams are eliminated week one or round one of the playoff round two after their bye? You know, I, I'm just saying like this idea that oh, young works. No, I'm with you. Young minded works. And, and so let's dive in here of the candidates to me. Um, the ones I want to see and the ones that I've seen, Josh McDaniels is is up there. I mean, one one or two to me. Uh, Eric Bieniemy uh, from Andy Reid's coaching tree. Eric, er, uh, Andy Reid's coaching tree is awesome. <laughs> so if I could get into in, into some of that action, I, I certainly would. So I think Bieniemy should be uh, considered. Um, and it doesn't appear to, that the, the Bengals have requested an interview with him. Outside of of those two, I don't love Zach Taylor. Um, I think in, this is one that I think we're going to disagree on some, I think Mike McCarthy got, uh, got took a, no, no, took a oh lot of, hold on, took a lot of heat in green Bay. And part of that had to do with a quarterback that was done with them. And it, uh, it, and look, Aaron Rodgers is, is got some diva diva and I'm not saying he's not good, but he is, is certainly a diva in my eyes, just from outside looking in. He's a guy I would call an interview. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't because uh, 
History shows that you're not going to win in two places. It's never happened. He's won one with the Packers. I'm not trying to win the 2009 Super Bowl. I want to win the 2019 Super Bowl, James. I want the guy who's going to win the next one. Build to win the next one. And that game is going to look much different than it did 10 years ago when McCarthy won his. But also because he's never been able to really put together a good defensive staff. Uh, I think that would be an issue here in, in the AFC North and with Andy McCarthy Dalton. McCarthy in 10. Get Whatever. Your, get your years right, Joe. Don't, don't, oh. don't make the years different to sound good. I didn't know what the year was. I was guessing. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Steelers. Marvin. Yeah, this, uh, this is true. All right. But point being that you had Aaron Rodgers and you've struggled. They haven't made the playoffs now in a couple of years. And when they did, they, they were lucky to squeak by the Cowboys the last time. I think that was the Dez caught at play. Uh, they've they've struggled with maybe the most talented quarterback of all time. And that's scary. You're going to give them Andy Dalton instead and see, and hopefully it gets better. Now they had their issues with, with McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers, it seems, on the surface. And a lot of people look at him highly still. I, he's going to get a job. He's going to have his choices. He uh, should get a job. He should. But history shows those retread coaches are those coaches that come back uh, and try and w- win another one for another franchise at best are 500 coaches. And we don't need that. And that's why I say, now, if they can, if they can attract a Mike McCarthy, honestly, I wouldn't be that upset about it because they're the Bengals and I expect their standards or their ability to attract a, a good head coaching candidate to be pretty low um, for a variety of reasons that I think we're all aware of. But for this franchise, like the Bengals, I either think they need to strike it rich with an unknown guy, and that's why I'm okay with interviewing Zach Taylor and Shane Waldron because Zach Taylor. Because who knows what they are? I don't know what they are, James. You may have said the same about Sean McVay when he no. was being interviewed from the Redskins. I know the only reason I'm la- like I hate the idea of Zach Taylor is because he was with the Bearcats and the offense was awful. And I look up his stats in Miami when he's interim offensive coordinator and they're five games. They're scoring a whopping seventeen points and per Dan game. Dan Campbell was the interim coach. Remember they fired the coach too. Seventeen points, man. I understand oh. that. You, you know what Sean McVay averaged his first year with the Redskins? Eighteen. That's fine. Again, and now if you if we would have if you'd have fired him or, or or thrown him out at at that point in time and never had a chance to show that he was going to average twenty four points over the next two seasons, that's why he got a job. So I, I think there is some opportunity there, and when he can maybe something rubbed off from Sean McVay. How Tell me, Zach Taylor is going to be a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. Go ahead. It Go ahead. Happen. It is not out of the realm of possibility. Go ahead and do it. I'll bet you right now. I we don't, don't even, know. My we don't even know where is, they're I landing. Know. I bet you Mike McCarthy has a better record than Zach Taylor next year. You want to bet? I would next year, but what about in two years, three years, four years? McCarthy is – you're betting against history. You're taking a worse bet. I'll bet McCarthy's winning percentage is better than Zach Taylor's during their tenure with whatever teams they land on. You know what you're doing? Here's what you're doing. You're signing Eli Manning in the offseason when I want to take a draft pick on something. No, no, yes, I'm not. Yes, that's what you're doing. Eli Manning – no, Mike McCarthy went – It's been Eli Manning recently. Mike McCarthy went 125-77-2. He, he, he had a front office in what Green Bay. What have you done for that, me lately? Listen, he had a front <laughs> office in Green Bay that refused to give him talent. If you think that that Green Bay roster with Aaron Rodgers, well, the, the most Bengals talented quarterback to? on the play, the, the Bengals roster is much more talented than But are the they going to give him more time? Right Packers now, Bengals the Bengals roster, healthy, is much more talented than the Packers. I totally, I totally think so. That's fine you, to say. Okay, so to to me, it's it's so easy to fall in love with the shiny, new, young, this, that. 
Mike McCarthy to me is a really good football coach who got the raw end of a deal because his quarterback didn't love him. And by the way, quarterbacks, of course, you're going to pick Aaron Rodgers over any coach. You have to. And the front office didn't give him enough talent over the past couple of years. He went to the playoffs nine times in 13 seasons. We're talking about the Bengals. What did he do recently? I would love— As the game passed him by. I would love for—no, the game hasn't passed him by. I would love for the Bengals to get someone like that. And by the way, here's the other part of this. And this is—look, if you're Mike McCarthy, the fact that you got blown out in Green Bay, you don't don't hear the criticism. What you want to do now is come back and show you can— be revolutionary. Come back and show you can be like Andy Reid, who got blown out in Philadelphia, and it was like Andy Reid was always cutting edge. That never left him. He it, didn't, it didn't. He didn't go. No. It didn't. It then didn't why happen. did Philadelphia say see ya? Because it didn't work out there for whatever reason. But he was always he, forefront on offensive design. Always that now, but I remember when he got fired from Philadelphia. It was like, oh my god, Andy Reid. It's about time they got rid of him. Chip Kelly has fruit slices at the end of practice. Look at this guy from Oregon. He's so revolutionary. Like I'm just saying, be careful with this. Because Chiefs fans felt the same way about Andy Reid um, just two years ago. They thought he can't win the big one, and that's what they thought. And for the Eagles, after and four I'm not straight sure NFC this. Championship games, right? We don't know if Reid can. The Bengals, you need to get to the AFC Championship. I, I, I that's fine. I mean, that, this idea that all oh, Super, like, yeah, the Super Bowl should be the goal, but. You haven't made the playoffs three straight years. You're the fourth best team in the division moving forward. At least it feels that way. Uh, Landing Mike McCarthy, and I'm not saying that they should, but this idea that the Bengals should look down their noses at Mike McCarthy, that's insane to me, especially when we're talking about Zach Taylor and the video coordinator for the Rams, and I keep forgetting his name even though you know it. What's his name? Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron, and he might be great. I looked up videos of him during press conferences today on YouTube, okay? (laughs) Shane Waldron. I'm going to forget his name in two more minutes on this podcast. Shane. Oh, good God. I just. <laughs> just Here's just, my reply. Can I, go ahead. Go ahead. The reason is because you know what Mike McCarthy is. And whether that you think is good or bad or not, you think he's <laughs> at least at a certain level, whatever level you want to put on that. You know that and you feel good about it. Oh, you don't know what these guys are. And that's why it makes you very scared. Very uncomfortable. And I understand it and I get it. My point is we don't know any of these assistants on any of these teams in the league. I don't care what team it is, unless you've heard their name or unless they've had head coaching considerations or head coaching jobs in the past, we don't know any of them. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. And I can name you almost 50 players on every single team, but I cannot pick these assistants out of a lineup and tell you what they can do and can't do. And that's the truth. So we are scared of Shane Waldron. We have no idea who he is, and that's scary. But what if he's the mastermind behind this offense? What if? We don't know that he isn't. I'm just saying it's it's equivalent to a draft pick and a, and a prospect that we watch no tape on. And there's and, and someone's, and then I get this a lot from fans when I say, well, I think this quarterback can be good. And this, oh, I, I, he's not going to be better than Andy Dalton. That's what they said about Patrick Mahomes, right? He's not going to be better than Andy Dalton. You can't find a – James, I'm sure you heard this a hundred times, a million times. What quarterback is out there better than Andy Dalton? You're not going to find one. Andy Dalton's won this many games. He's got a quarterback rating of 92. You heard it a million times. And it, the answer is always, you could draft one and get lucky. The Bengals franchise is in the situation where they have to went and get a golden ticket. they got to get the golden egg at, at, at coach right now. Unless you want to settle for Vance Joseph, Hugh Jackson, or Bill Lazor, or Darren Simmons, the other options are getting the golden ticket and getting lucky. And that's what it is. And that's what it's it. They're the Bengals. That's, those are their options. 
Getting lucky. All right. Well, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is 18 and 10 in the playoffs. 2006 to 2008. Rodgers, you better be 18 and 10. 18 and 10 in the playoffs. By the way, if this bonehead didn't fumble the ball uh, against Seattle a couple years ago, he would have went to a second Super Bowl and had a real good shot against the Patriots of winning it. Oh, by the way, last year, Aaron Rodgers got injured and the franchise didn't give him anyone, literally anyone, uh, to win with. So the Vikings rolled and had a great year and they, they finished... Uh, towards the bottom of the NFC North. Oh, and by the way, uh, that that great front office in Green Bay traded to Marius Randall, who has Cleveland Browns fans so excited here in Cleveland for his trash talk and what he's done this year uh, for Deshaun Kaiser. Yippity Kaye, good God, what is going on in Green Bay? Like, I'm just, this idea that Mike McCarthy, go get me Mike McCarthy because he's much better than Marvin Lewis. He's probably better. Like Mike McCarthy might be better than John Harbaugh. Mike McCarthy might be up there with Mike Tom. Like you might end up with the best coach in the division and he's proven. Why would you not consider him? So this idea, oh, let's roll the unknown. No, Mike McCarthy isn't Eli Manning. Mike McCarthy's much higher than Eli Manning. If you can get someone like that, you do it. And I'm not, th- I'm not saying has been that one has in the past. Been an old has been last year. He went seven and nine, which okay. the Bengals have done. Yeah, once in in three years, the Bengals went seven and nine. And you know why they went seven and nine in a tough division? Because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Period. That's why. Oh, okay. Like, come on. They they didn't have talent there this year. Four seven and one. You're right. But Rodgers got dinged up, was playing injured. And by the way, the Packers don't have enough talent. That's what it comes down to. Front office, Rodgers can get mad at McCarthy all he wants, and I get it. If play calling goes awry, I would take a chance on McCarthy if you could. Like, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just he's saying. He's not even an option, though, as, we, as far as well, we know. He should be. Okay. Why wouldn't he be? Uh, so out of the candidates that have been called, let, let's discuss those then, since McCarthyism so far in there. Let's discuss them, and we'll do that next here on the Locked On Bengals podcast, including Hugh Jackson who I like better than one of the other candidates that we've talked about in the past 20 minutes or so. We will get to that next on the Locked On Bengals podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hugh Jackson to the Bengals. Something that makes you cringe, that makes Joe Goodberry cringe, it makes everybody cringe, and yet I still like it better than the idea of hiring Vance Joseph. Your thoughts on that statement, Joe? I would rather be punched in the face than <laughs> kicked in the nuts. So I guess that's where we're at. I put that out there on Lockdown Bengals Twitter, a poll question about that. And it was like 80% Vance. And I'm like, I don't even know if Vance Joseph is a good defensive coordinator. You cannot hire Hugh Jackson. I, I, I But I at least I know that Hugh Jackson might get something out of Andy Dalton. You're, you're just like Mike McCarthy all over again. You no. like comfort. You no. are the Bengals. I'm not. I'm not saying hire Hugh Jackson. In, uh, first off, don't you ever, don't you dare, <laughs> don't you dare compare Mike McCarthy to Hugh Jackson. Don't, Mike McCarthy 
has 122 more wins than Hugh Jackson. Yeah, I believe that. I guess I I forgot the eight. So he's got 114 more wins as a head coach than Hugh Jackson. Uh, Regular season wins. 18 more playoff wins. A Super Bowl. Don't you? How many more years of coaching at at Hugh Jackson's rate would you you take to catch Mike McCarthy? To me, Hugh Jackson is a better head coaching candidate for the Bengals. And And this is crazy, right? Than Vance Joseph. Is that fair or unfair? It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's two bad choices. That's fine. No, I, I, I get that. And I'm not going to advocate for Hugh Jackson, even though, Hugh, if you want me to, I know you're really into the media and people defending you. Oh, I, yes, he is. <laughs> you can reach out to me, and I will be your Cincinnati version here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. I can do that, even though I'm not in Cincinnati. I, I can defend you. I can be your mouthpiece here. Get your your message out. I can do that, Hugh Jackson. You can reach reach me on Twitter. Um, Either way. No, I'm just – it's a joke at Hugh because I think that's why he failed. And here's my fear. And here's why I think – and I'm hearing – the reason I mention Hugh, I'm hearing that the Bengals are very interested and would like to hire him. Like Mike Brown – and again, it might be dead wrong. They might not hire him. That's what I'm hearing. And that, that's my job is to say it if I hear something like that. And this is something um, th- that if you're a fan uh, not wanting Hugh, and I think 99% of fans are in that, that room or on that side of things, that you should fear. Uh, just true or false, Joe, do you think that Hugh Jackson is, is good in an interview room? Like in an interview, do you think Hugh Jackson could ace an interview? Yes or no? Yeah, I think so. I think he's very um, – I don't know what the word is well, – uh, when people are attracted or or can feel your aura, whatever it is, people yeah, are drawn it, to him. Like people talk about it factor and motivator and all that stuff. Like like he has that, yeah. right? So he goes to a place that he's won in, that he's coached the Bengals wide receivers back in the day. He obviously worked his way up to offensive coordinator and got an MVP caliber 12-game year out of Andy Dalton in 2015 and has proven himself time and time and time again. So he goes into that interview room. And he aces it, right? He just aces it. He says, look, I get I failed in other places. The Raiders, I went 8-8. Eight and eight. Our quarterback got injured, got blown out because uh, Davis died. All this stuff. There was ownership issues, all this stuff. And then I go to Cleveland, and they never got me a quarterback. And they did all this analytical stuff, and I wasn't in sync with the general manager, and I made a mistake. And honestly, and he would say this in the interview room, I don't think I should have went there. Uh, I've learned from it. I've grown from it. I think I can succeed, especially with this core that I think is is ready to take the next step in 2019. And I think Hugh has the exuberance and, and the, the moxie, whatever adjective you want to use, to really make a convincing argument. I think he aces that interview. And I'm not sure if Vance Joseph has that. I'm not sure if Zach Taylor has that. I'm not sure if Josh McDaniels will want to have that, considering there's better options available. I don't know why you got to say Zach Taylor's name like that. Put some respect on the man's name. Yeah, respect on his name. He's he's like my age, Zach Taylor. Anyways, this idea that Hugh Jackson could be very convincing, and, and I get it, fans feel especially now, very empowered. Hey, we got Marvin out. Mike Brown, out. sure. But if Mike Brown thinks Hugh Jackson is the quickest path to winning next year, and I think there's a way Hugh Jackson could convince him of that, then guess who is going to be the head coach of the Bengals? Hugh Jackson. Your thoughts, Joe? I think uh, Hugh Jackson's probably the front runner as we sit today. 
but that's because these other guys haven't been interviewed yet. And uh, we know the Bengals. We know Mike Brown. We know how they operate, especially when it comes to outside talent in the league, and especially in free agency, I think is a great example of how they tend to hire the guys they know. Uh, they tend to stick with the guys they know, and that's true with coaches, it feels. Uh, they've done it in the past. And so they know what Hugh Jackson is. There's a level of comfort there. There's a level of looking at the Raiders situation and the Browns situation and thinking, we're not the Browns and the Raiders. They, you know, you can come here and have more success. Those guys, those franchises were dysfunctional, especially at the times he was there. But I would also say the Bengals and shouldn't look, look, you know, shouldn't put their nose up to the Raiders and Browns. They're not that far ahead of them, uh, you know, in, in history and, and definitely recently. But I would also say that it's up to these young guys and these other guys to come in and win that interview. I think once they get there and if they can show what they bring to the table, if they can win over in any way we've all been, if you've listened to this, you've been to a job interview before. And you know what it takes to win that job and, and, and to how to present yourself and how to sell yourself because that's basically what it is. And you create a connection. You may be there three hours with the, with this panel uh, that includes probably Troy and Katie Blackburn and, and Mike Brown and Duke Tobin, and you need to convince them. And it's not – it's going to be Mike Brown's final decision, but I'm sure these guys are going to have some say in it. And, no doubt about it. And I think, you know, these guys can win them over. So while I would agree, Hugh Jackson probably right now as we stand today is the front runner, but these guys have a chance – to win the job, and that's why they're being brought in. And for our sakes, we should hope they do. Do you think Hugh Jackson could be successful in, in Cincinnati? What is successful? Are we saying could they sustain the level of success they've generally had over the Marvin Lewis era? Because, yes, I think he probably could. Can because Hugh Jackson be better than Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati? I don't know that. You're, I think that is a bet against history based on what he did in Oakland and Cleveland. If – that is any sign, and we should take it as a sign, because right now he is statistically the worst coach of all time in modern football history. It's like saying, could Nathan Peterman be better if we sign him and, and, and use him as a backup? Sure, he could be better, but he hasn't shown you he's better than that. You may know him. You may feel comfortable with him. He may know you guys and this roster, so that's a good, easy transition. But it doesn't mean he's going to be better than some guy, you, uh, some unknown that you don't know. Uh Yes, I think you could have a level of success. I do think Hugh has had kind of a rough situation with both of those teams, but I think he's created that too. And no some of that is his fault. So, you know, I don't – I'm not for it. I don't think you can make that bet against history that all of a sudden he's going to go from winning, you know, what's his winning percentage, point one two five or something, that he's going to go and just turn this franchise and take it over the next step. I think that would be an insane NFL story that has never been written before. And that's not – I'm not trying to chase that. I want to – let's let's do it the right way like every other team does. No one – no other team. No other team would consider Hugh Jackson this year. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Joe Goodberry of The Athletic with us here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. No doubt about it. Um, I want to ask you about Marvin Lewis here, and we're winding down. Of the names that have been mentioned, uh, just of the ones that have been mentioned, to me, Josh McDaniels is, seems like number one. Uh, of the ones that have been mentioned linked to the Bengals, is there anyone else that would top him of the ones that have been mentioned? Now, there are other candidates, like I said, right. Eric Bieniemy. I, I would have high up the list. Right. There would be some others. Uh, I think I'd Bruce Arians is intriguing. Uh, intriguing uh, Freddie Kitchens if he doesn't if they don't offer him the job in Cleveland I'd call him yeah he may I, not want he may not want to leave but I'd call I'd call Ryan fair. Day at Ohio State I'd say Ryan Day you could I think your passing game works you come here I'm gonna go with the next guy really you'd call I'd, Ryan Day 
Yeah, I'd want to be at least be interested. You come here, present yourself. I want to interview all these guys that in five years might be hot candidates that you have to collect early if you're the Bengals franchise. And if I, I'm it, getting if I'm getting Ryan Day, I'm giving up the farm and going up to number one and getting Dwayne Haskins. As what I I would flip Andy Dalton and get as many picks as possible, and I would try and recreate because I think that. We could talk Haskins for a split second. In that offense, he is as perfect as a prospect as you can imagine inside the structure. I mean, I think where Haskins struggles when he's pressured um, and when he has to to create outside of the structure. But inside of that structure looks like like Philip Rivers type prospect of man, perfect accuracy, perfect timing, perfect manipulation of the defense. You would want to recreate that, and if you could, I. I I would understand it. And that's why I'd be open to doing something like that. And I think that's trying to be forward thinking and, and and find the next coach and win the next Super Bowl. That's under the lines of what I've been thinking. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So that's interesting to me. But uh, of the ones, is it Josh McDaniels? Of the ones that have been Yeah, mentioned? that would be number one for me. I think that would be the most exciting. It would win the most fan base. I think he could bring an offense. I think he could use these weapons correctly. Um, and he'd bring some attitude and energy to this team. And I think that's needed. I think. If I was in that room that's going to interview um, these coaches that come in, I need energy out of one of these guys. I need them to make this team feel they can play better than they actually can. You know, it, it's been we've talked about this, but it's been it's felt complete opposite. It's felt like an energy dragged down from from the coaching staff on a lot of these players. They need to be boosted up. They need to feel better than they do. They need to play better than they do. And I think part of that comes from the head coach. Yeah, no, I think it does, too. What, uh, who else, who else is intriguing to you that has been mentioned? Zach Taylor, you love him. I'm not really, I don't love him, but I am interested. Let's see what he says. How much control do you have under turning around Jared Goff? Uh, Shane Waldron, how much of that passing offense are you putting together? How much have you picked up from Sean McVay? Uh, and you know, yes, you want to find the next Sean McVay, but it's it's very rare that it's going to come from directly under Sean McVay, right? So mm-hmm. you, that's why it seems a little, kind of crazy. But it's it's also why a lot of teams want to bring these guys in. They want to see what's going on in there. What are you guys doing that's different than everybody else? What have you picked up from from this or from the Rams organization, from your coaching staff that we aren't doing? And maybe you you maybe you get some pointers. Maybe you get some tips just by bringing these people in. That happens often. It, you may you may say he's not our guy, but now I know what. What I do want out of the guy we do hire. And that's why you bring these, these, sure. these low-end guys in. I think they should bring you in. I think they should bring you in. I'd be a terrible in. coach. No, 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 no. But they could bring you, you in, pick your brain. Coach. You end up getting in the front office. I do, too. We turn things around. What do you think? Now you're talking. What do you think? We can, we'll bring Super in. Bowl. Championships. I'd probably go. Not one, the- not two, not three. <laughs> <laughs> quarterbacks on quarterbacks on quarterbacks, baby. That's what people are thinking right now. They draft sure. all of the quarterbacks. Seven. You're bound to hit one. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, of the the jobs open, and the Bengals picked a mighty fine year. Good God, to move on from Marvin Lewis. There's eight jobs open. Of those, I've seen the Bengals listed pretty much anywhere, seven to eight. I mean, they're the back end uh, of job rankings uh, among the media. Not not necessarily because I don't think you have all the jobs in front of you. Uh, but do you think they're last or next to last in the rankings? Do you think they move up a little bit? I think the job is more attractive than the media realizes. Uh, for a variety of reasons, you have a, a 
franchise quarterback who is established in Andy Dalton. I'd much rather be coaching him than you mentioned Eli earlier on the podcast than Eli Manning, for example. You have AJ Green. You have a, a really young roster. Joe Mixon, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, Stoner Prime, uh, William Jackson reaching his prime now, Stoner contract for a couple of years. Uh, cap space. Uh, obviously. So t- to me, what's cap space mean for this team? <laughs> I agree, but that, that's the thing is that a new head coach comes in with a, this revolutionary thinking that, hey, we're going to spend a little bit more money. This is what we're going to do. Uh, things like that. And, and who knows? Marvin got Mike Brown to change and bend in 2003 through his tenure here during his time here. Maybe a new coach can do that. So to me, this this job is more attractive than the media is letting on, but it certainly isn't a top three or four job. So uh, where do you have it ranked, and what are your thoughts on that? The top jobs are going to go to the teams with the young, exciting quarterbacks, and that's why that's why anybody would, is going to line up to coach. That's why they should have drafted Lamar, by the way. Billy Price? Ooh. Sorry, yes. I <laughs> I, I, people hate that I bring that up, but I can't get it. You know what's funny is because I looked at since Marvin took over took over the defense, the yards per game they allowed in the time of possession, yards per game would have put them sixth in the league. People said, well, the Bengals don't have the Ravens' defense. Yeah, but if Marvin would have taken over and Lamar would have been inserted for Andy Dalton, they may have been in the playoffs. We talked about this last podcast, so if you didn't hear that, go to the last one last week when I was on. But <laughs> to carry on. So, yes, I do think there is like, if you're if you're a candidate, you'd be saying, "Well, I'd probably get all four or five years out of this contract with this team. They probably aren't going to can me like the uh, Cardinals just did with with Wilkes after one year, right? So you were going to get the chance to establish. Uh, you're going to get get a chance to have a say in in, in who you want to draft. A really a, a large say, oh, because the Bengals rely on their coaches more than most teams. It feels like because of the smaller scouting uh, department, and they really have their coaches out there going to going to the pro days, working with these guys. So you're going to have the opportunity to really select your guy. So that's enticing. Um, I think most of the coaching staff is probably wanted to be intact because you're going to pay a lot of them if not. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why Mike Brown would probably like to save a little bit of money and bring a huge accent in. But I think at the same time, if you are a coach that needs a staff put together, you've got your choice of almost an entire full staff already sitting there to, to, to choose from. And that's, that could be seen as a, as a good thing for a lot of coaches. I think some of the young guys too, especially. Um, so th- those are the, the good parts. I think at the same time you have to say, well, it took Marvin a long time and um, a few, you know, every, what, four years or so, it seemed like he was battling for more control or um, more access to resources or uh, a bubble, a practice bubble that he never got. So you have to look at that and say, is Mike Brown going to roll back some of the power he gave to Marvin Lewis and when he hires this next guy? is, Or is he going to continue to open up and modernize? So you have to question that. You have to question their activity in free agency because I, I think you agree, James. I think a lot of people are starting to come to this, that you can't be um, a perennial winner or I'm not even sure if you can win one, and I'm talking about a Super Bowl, without being active in free agency in today's NFL. And if they're not – well, then you may want to look elsewhere. So you, those, those would be the questions you would have going into the interview of this team and of this franchise. And I think the big question, or and it may be different for every coach, is, and it, you, it may be asked of you, you may ask Mike Brown and them of this, is um, what what is the plan at quarterback? How mm-hmm. tied am I to Andy Dalton? Can yep. we use this 11th pick on the quarterback? And the 
Mike Brown may ask you the same. What do you want to do at quarterback? What do you think of Andy Dalton? Can you get more out of Andy Dalton? Do you think he's topped out? If uh, you know, do do you like anybody in this draft that you think you can be that can be better than Andy Dalton? So that I think that is a big part of the conversation in these interviews, and um, that's why I think they brought in a lot of offensive guys and, and and passing game coordinators and quarterbacks coaches because. And that could go either way. Do you think you yeah. can get more out of Dalton, or do you think you can draft the next guy that can get us over the hump? Yeah, to me, in this this part is is scary. And one of the bigger knocks on Hugh Jackson for me is I think he will be all in on Andy because he knows what it's like to not have a quarterback. So he will just say, "Oh, I can go. I can win with Andy. I don't need to draft another one. I'm good. I'll stick with Andy forever." And that to me. That cannot be the case, regardless of who gets hired. I don't give a damn who it is. It cannot be Andy for life. It needs to be, all right, maybe Andy's a stopgap, but we need to look at Dwayne Haskins. Is he worth right. trading up for? Is Because I really I think he's going to be the first overall. I think someone's going to trade up with Arizona and get that first pick, um, and it, it would make a lot of sense to do so. Uh, Kyler Murray, does he decide to play football? If so, to me, he's a first-round talent. He looks very, very much like it. Is that a guy you want? Like, this is where the Bengals need to be. Um, and even if it's not in the first round, they need to draft a quarterback sooner rather than later. And I don't know if Hugh Jackson is going to want to do that. Maybe he will, you know? Uh, yeah, but, I don't know what happened, but they bypassed quarterback a couple times while he was there. Yeah, you know? and, then, and, and then he was like, was what him? the hell? Yeah, I— and to me, there's no way he wanted Deshaun Kaiser because it just felt awkward from the beginning. I don't think that he wanted Kaiser. Uh, but but yeah, it was a, a really weird situation in Cleveland. So to me, I think uh, I think that that that's a really good point because you just you don't know what the future holds. I just know that Mike Brown's 83 yeah. and I think he's going to want to hire whoever he thinks can get this Bengals team winning the soonest. That is also proven that he also trusts. So that's why I think Hugh Jackson has a chance because I think he could convince of that. Um, before I let you go, Joe, real quick, Marvin Lewis. He said yesterday that he wants to coach again. To me, uh, he has a home in Phoenix or, or close to Phoenix. I think Arizona is where he wants to end up. I think he would love to go there. I'm not saying that uh, that they would want him, but but I think – Marvin Lewis, I will not be shocked if he gets a head coaching interview or two. There are eight vacancies. Greg Williams is out here telling people that every single vacancy, they, apparently, according to reports, he told the Cleveland Browns that every other team is interested in hiring him as their head coach. I think Marvin Lewis is a better head coach than Greg Williams. People in here in Cleveland would disagree. Maybe people in Cincinnati would disagree. Uh, but, but if Greg Williams is getting a bunch of head coaching interviews, and again, that's his words according to a report, but if that's the case then uh, I think Marvin Lewis is going to get a few looks. And I think he should consider defensive coordinator. And then some of his comments on his exit interview, or exit, whatever you call it, with the media, um, was how he liked the idea of you control your defense, you, this guy controls the offense, everyone controls their part of the team, and uh, how he felt refreshed doing that for the Bengals. And I, I think he had some success going from maybe the worst um, defense of all time to making them respectable over the last seven games or so for Cincinnati. I, I think he would definitely get some interest in that if he if he wants to do that. And I wonder if um, he will. You know, a lot of coaches did. A lot of 16 years, you feel like he should almost be a head coach again. But maybe he is a Wade Phillips that goes and just has a great defense for a young offensive coach somewhere and gets a ring or gets a Super Bowl by doing that or, or, or has more success. And I could definitely see that for him. Yeah, last thing. How about this idea? Dirk Cutter is offensive coordinator. Hugh Jackson. No. 
Hugh Jackson leading the charge. Well, that's Marvin's boy, Dirk Cutter is. And uh, he, Hugh Jackson leading the charge. Whenever he took over the play calling for Tampa, they went down the tubes. They had a weird situation going on there with him and his coordinator. Every time the coordinator called the plays, they, they'd be fine. And then they were like, well, what happened in the second half? He goes, oh, actually, I took over play calling duty. You guys didn't score a point. What are you doing? So there's Marvin some weird stuff going on there. comes back as defensive coordinator. My oh. God. What? My God is what I said. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked though if they're going to gauge Vance Joseph his interest. And, and the Bengals pissed Vance Joseph off uh, a couple yeah. years ago when they declined uh, and, and denied his chance to interview for coordinator jobs. But I think they might be interviewing him partially to see if he would be Hugh Jackson's defensive coordinator. And I'm serious about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that would make sense. If you're going to hire Hugh Jackson, I think you should surround him with other good coaches, and they tried that in Cleveland, right? Until they're like, "Man, we got better coaches than him on the roster. Get him out of here." But um, yeah, part I think that that would Haley. be the idea. Part of that's Todd Haley. Don't sure. If people here in Cleveland don't realize that either, Todd Haley's an idiot. I would never no, notice he's not getting mentioned anywhere for anything. Todd Haley. This was his chance too. If he would have went there and did what Freddie Kitchens did. He'd be he'd be getting calls right now for a head coaching job anywhere in the league. Yep, um, but instead, he he fumbled that. Yeah. That's what ego gets in the way. That's why Hugh Jackson was three thirty six and one. He's Joe Goodberry of the Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Uh, Joe, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks for having me, James. It's good stuff. There, we will uh, visit with Joe. We will continue to look at Bengals coaching candidates, and we'll be back at it on its late. Tuesday night here as we record this. We'll be back at it Thursday. Until then, I'm James Erpane. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.